Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm uh, recovering a little bit from uh, celebrating friend's birthday last night, so... Yeah. But I'm here alive and well, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yesterday, I went uh, with friend of the show, Lucas. We went to this thing called the 30-foot pool. It's like this little like outdoor natural pool people go swimming oh, nice. in yeah i went to go and uh i was like are you gonna be here soon he's like yeah like just like a minute or two i'm like okay i'll hold the parking spot for you and then this like cycle girl is like move out of my way this is my parking spot she's trying to run me over fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you're just standing there in front of the car yeah there. i was just like hey i'm just saving the spot for my friend he's gonna be here like any minute and you know what like you know what? Maybe not like the coolest thing for me to do, but it was like, well, fuck, like, oh no, that's fair. I think you know. Don't don't, don't run me the <laughs> fuck over. So, anyways, <laughs> when you said alive and well, I just chuckled because I'm like, yeah, some psycho bitch don't try to run me over. Not like run over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also with us as always is Spark. How's it going, Spark? I'm good. I'm good. Down to just dropped. So excited to do this podcast and excited to listen to that. So oh yeah, I just saw that on the social. Sorry. Oh, I just saw that on the social. Yeah, the album just dropped. Nice, nice. All right. Well, yeah. Lee and Katie might show up. Uh, might not. Who knows? We'll see what happens. I think Lee's still running drugs down in Mexico, so I don't know if he ever is gonna be free of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Katie's helping him out. He's he's enlisted Katie to help him run drugs down in Mexico. So, well, that's the thing. If you're not, if you miss an episode, I have the right to fully come up with a fake story for why you're not here. And in this case, it's Katie and Lee running drugs in Mexico. Um, Twitch.tv forward slash Three Angry Nerds every Sunday at seven thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Except for this week when we're a little late. Apologies, but we're here. We're here. That's what matters. And then also patreon.com forward slash three angry nerds and then the other podcasts on the three angry nerds network, including three angry gamers, tremble the horror movie podcast, the Friday night dinner podcast, nerds in love, spoiler cast and first Friday. Let's get on to the news because holy fuck. It was one of those weeks where it was just like, I think 
the week was really compounded by these insiders and leakers and scoopers and these people who, who all of a sudden were posting on their sites and social medias and just being like, uh, yeah, we the Spider-Man trailers coming out this day and oh, by the way, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like all this shit just kept pouring out and it was compounded by all these leakers and scoopers. And I saw a tweet by um, a, a channel that I follow, Den of Nerds. And they were like, basically, these guys are like fucking up the studio system right now. And I'm like, yeah, I think they kind of are. Like, there was there was a lot of stuff this week that came out because of a lot of these insiders and scoopers. So shout out to them. I mean, it's got to be a lot of hard work getting all this stuff. So, but um, yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing this week was we got our first look at Spider-Man No Way Home, and that was. I put in the notes the Spider-Man No Way Home clusterfuck because that's kind of the best way to describe it. Uh, first, the trailer leaked uh, ahead of its actual release. Uh, there were some images of the villains that leaked. There was images of Toby and Andrew that leaked. And then uh, J.B. Smoove, who played like uh, one of the parents in No Way Home. Or not No Way Home. Um, Far From Home. Uh, he, sorry? He's a teacher. He's teacher, right? He uh, they he confirmed that Toby's in the movie, and it was just like this whole thing. Uh, you know, everyone always jokes about the Marvel snipers. Everyone was putting memes out on the internet this week that like fucking Kevin Feige must have been having an aneurysm this week, just trying to like keep everything under control. But uh, let, let's start off with the trailer, which I, you know, the trailer has come out now officially. Uh, I'm guessing uh, both of you have seen it already. Yeah. What did you think, all in all? Uh, well, I thought I thought it was pretty. I mean, I was excited to watch it, um, and I, I waited till the official one dropped because I know, yeah, the whole thing leaked and all that. But you know, it's kind of like cell phone footage. It's nicer to watch it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like as it's intended, and also just kind of out of respect for the filmmakers and all that too. You know, you want to watch what they're ready to show the world, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought it was a good trailer. Um, I was like, you know, just excited to like, just see like, are they going to confirm, you know, multiverse, like the Sam Raimi stuff? Like, and so that was the biggest hype for me is like they finally did like it's out there. Like, yeah, like you know, by no means, <laughs> like Toby and Andrew don't show up in the trailer, but you know, that tease at the end, like you get a little bit of that Os Osborne pumpkin bomb, you get the Doc Ock and like, you could start to put two and two together, like, yeah, this is going to be a big Spider-Verse, multiverse movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if they're bringing back Toby's villains, like, Toby has to be in it, right? Like, yeah. I have to think so. At yeah. least for, you know, a cameo or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, that's. The, I wonder, too, like, I wonder if the most of the movie will kind of be, like, the three of them, uh, like, teaming up against all the villains, or if the... Or if the other two Spider-Men will just show up more towards the end kind of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. There, You know, there's some things, though, like, just with the plot itself, I was a little, like, uh, like, why would Doctor Strange, like, cast, like, such a dangerous spell? Like, just because mm. this teenage kid's asking him to, and, you know, and, like, he's kind of like, you know, there's... The multiverse is a very complex thing we don't understand. It's like, well, why would you cast this 
multiverse spell then like <laughs> i'm hoping the actual but, uh, movie like fleshes that out like maybe peter pleads with them or something like hey i i really yeah. need this done or something like but it did feel yeah. a little like yeah kind of like yeah no problem bro like i'll do i'll do yeah. I'll, I'll fuck up the multiverse for you no problem yeah. i'll fuck with the timeline for you no worries and, <laughs> yeah and then like in the middle of it he's like but wait can't these people know or that be? And it's like yeah. it's like stop screwing up the spell and yeah it's like what Maybe, yeah, like maybe just tell them again after, you know? Just let everyone's minds get wiped and then just, just tell them after, like, you know, go yeah. through the whole thing. So, mm, yeah. Yeah, I hope they uh, maybe just, I mean, I'm sure Peter will probably, like, sucker him into it somehow or, you know, really, really beg him to do it and he'll kind of give in or something. But Yeah. Yeah, I want to, you know, hopefully there's a good reason that <laughs> the timeline's all out of whack. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, all in all, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm more excited for this one, I think, than I was the first two, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. So, and that's yeah. mainly because it's probably playing on my nostalgia from, from the original, you know, the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Totally. Spark, what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, definitely feels like Spider-Man Avengers which I'm into. Um, I was uh, very excited to see Alfred. That was my favorite part of the trailer. I'm a little bit older than maybe the average Marvel fan at this point. Yeah. Like those Spider-Man movies were... Uh, they, they just hit different. <laughs> oh, <laughs> totally. Like, like, on, so. like, I think we're you and I are around the same age, and like I yeah. know when when those movies came out, like they were huge, and like yeah. I know people probably look back at them now and probably laugh because they're probably like I don't know, kind of cheesy or whatever. But like, man, they were fun back in the day. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Iconic, you know, like that that upside down kiss and everything. Like, <laughs> and I mean, Spider Man Two, I think is still probably. One of, if not the best, live-action Spider-Man films. That's, For sure. in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Cool. So I'm interested. I mean, I was going to see it even if they never released a trailer. The trailer uh, was interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how much of a role Jamie and, uh, you know, Alfred and... I'm using their real names, but uh, <laughs> the actors from, and I'm interested, like, I really liked Andrew, Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man, so I'm interested to see exactly what, what happens here. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, the big thing for me is just, like, this trailer really makes this movie seem like it's, like, just this really epic Spider-Man story, which I'm really excited about, like, when you're watching these movies, it's sort of this idea that, like, they keep one-upping each other, and I, I'm just really excited that, like, yeah, you compared to, like, Homecoming to Far From Home, and, like, Far From Home was so, like, just so much bigger in scope, and then you get to, like, No Way Home, and we're getting this crazy multiverse, spider-verse shenanigans, and I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. Um kind of excited to see where they go and i'd be kind of curious to see like because obviously these are all villains from like the multiverse like i wonder if that's gonna like get peter to want to like seek out these people in his like mcu universe like 
does he start to go and want to find Norman Osborn in the MCU? Does he want to go find Doc Ock in the MCU? Like, I don't know. I'm kind of curious, like, what the repercussions of this movie will be. But, yeah. It's still coming in December, they confirm. So they're not delaying it or anything. So. Good on that. All right. The next big thing is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, a bunch of industry insiders and scoopers all pretty much have pointed to the fact that Professor X is going to be in the movie as well as the Marvel Illuminati. Just sort of like a group of these high-tier Marvel characters who sort of protect the universe, more or less. They kind of try to maintain it and keep it stable, uh, which I'm guessing the fact that we've got a movie called The Multiverse of Madness will probably put that at stake. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Professor X uh, joining the movie, uh, that's going to be your big, huge mutant thing. Uh, also, they say that uh, he's going to fight Wanda, who is apparently the villain of Doctor Strange, which I kind of find interesting because, you know, we all saw WandaVision. Wanda was, I don't know, like not really a villain. She had her moments where I was like, oh shit, she's getting like a little bit of a tinge evil here, but... I don't know. Uh, do you guys? Would you guys like to see Wanda be the villain fighting Xavier? Like, what do you make of all this? I'm kind of indifferent because I actually did watch the WandaVision series, so I guess I'll need to to watch Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, but you know, I under, yeah, I she's I understand she's kind of gone bad at the end of that. Um, I I was surprised with. Professor X thing though, because um, especially if it's not going to be either the um, previous Professor X's that we've seen, if it's going to be like a new actor, mm. um, that'd be interesting. And it seems like a lot to maybe set up uh, to set up the X Men in this in, in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess uh, you know we'll see how many how many people are going to multiverse of madness. It could be a lot of you know people. Across the multiverse showing up, so yeah, yeah. What do you, Spark? You excited to see Professor X take on Wanda? Yeah, I'm super into that. I I did think. I mean, I, we watched all of WandaVision. We talked about every episode, so I guess loyal listeners will already know. But I I absolutely thought that Wanda was the villain of that story. And in fact, one of my complaints was that. I thought it was weird that they tried to like smooth everything over with, with with what she had done by making her apologetic, like she wasn't fully aware of what she was doing in the first place. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, and then they bring in Catherine Hahn to uh, make like give us a clear villain or whatever. But anyway, yes, the only, she's too strong for most people, so someone that can get into her head, similar. Excuse me, to what he did with Phoenix, where he kind of like corners her in like true nature into a proverbial room so that she can be a good functioning part of society. Mm. I can see that making sense. Yeah. Um, and if it's a multiverse, I could also see one version of Professor X dying, uh, similar to X-Men 3. Yeah. I think, like, you could easily do it, too, where, like, if you bring in, like, say, Patrick Stewart to play Professor X and you kill him, like, you could still have a Professor X in the MCU that's, like, 
totally different. Like, let's think about the multiverse. You can kind of just do whatever you want. <laughs> like, you can still get away with, like, mm-hmm. you still have a Professor X tucked away here somewhere. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm just, like, I'm kind of curious, like, what, like, what is going to be their explanation for Wanda being a villain? Like, yeah, she was, like, a little bit antagonistic in WandaVision. But I'm wondering if they're gonna explain the like maybe that's partially the dark hole. The uh, it was like that book that she had near the end of the show. Like I think in the comics that thing definitely has the power to corrupt people. Uh, you know. Also too, she lost her kids, so I imagine she's gonna mm-hmm. try to get her kids back. Like I'm just kind of wondering how much of all of that's gonna factor into her making this decision to be a villain. Uh, there's a lot of like missing parts to this that I'm kind of curious about, but for now I'm like, yeah, I think this is cool. Like, I, I think, uh, we want to see X-Men. We want to see mutants. I'm guessing that like, if they bring in, um, professor X, like I kind of hope they would bring in like one that we already know, like James McAvoy or Patrick Stewart. So it's like, Oh, you know that she's not fucking around if she kills off Patrick Stewart halfway through uh, Multiverse of Madness or something like that. So I'm kind of also curious about that, too. Like, do they bring in someone that we already know as Professor X, or are they going to just cast somebody new in the role? So we'll wait. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever star, Latia Wright, hospitalized after a stunt accident uh, on the movie set. That sucks. Hopefully she gets better soon. But imagine doing stunts in a movie like that, you're... You know, more open to getting injured than not, so. Not much. Else. Yeah, wish her a good recovery. I mean, hope it wasn't too bad of an injury that uh, she can get back at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marvel's looking for a Latino lead for its Halloween special. Apparently, Marvel's going to be doing some kind of like Disney Plus Halloween special on, yeah, Disney Plus, and it's going to be Werewolf by Night, who's. Yeah, pretty much just like a werewolf. But I'm kind of intrigued why Marvel would want to do a Halloween special. Like, it just seems a little weird that in the universe they're going to just be like, yeah, let's do a holiday-themed thing. It just seems so weird to me. But, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, Family Channel kind of always did that. You know, having the holiday specials and I could see them sort of adopting that model on disney plus yeah uh but i mean like t- the title werewolf by night like obviously people are a werewolf by night it'd be more shocking if it was called werewolf by day or something you know yeah like, okay why is that but <laughs> yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah so yeah I I mean, at the same time, too, Marvel's, like, at this point where they can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm pretty sure people will check it out. Like, I don't know what kind of, like, crazy shit they're doing over there. But if they're like, oh, let's just do a Halloween special with a werewolf. And they're like, how's it going to tie into the MCU? And Kevin Feige's like, who fucking cares? Let's do this. Like, I don't know. Well, I guess, like, they do have the, uh, the Midnight Suns. Um team that like apparently they're reportedly building up to in these movies so werewolf by night or werewolf i'm just gonna call him werewolf he's a part of that team so i could see i could see them maybe using it to build up to that 
too. So. All right. Uh, we got a couple of rumors here for Star Wars stuff. Apparently, The Mandalorian Season 3 will be the final season of that series. Which I think sounds dramatic when you kind of take it on its own. But when you realize that they're spinning it off and doing a bunch of other stuff within that universe, it's not really the end of these things. Like, it might be the end of Dejarin and uh, Grogu's story. But I think... The, the story of, like, that universe will obviously still continue on. You've got Ahsoka. You've got a bunch of other shows coming. So, I don't know. I know, Spark, you're not you're not a Star Wars fan at all. But, yeah. Adam, what do you th- think of this? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not entirely surprising. But, like, The Mandalorian's kind of one of those shows that could just go on forever. Like, if they wanted. Yeah. So, it, I mean... It, you know they're choosing season three to be the one, be the last last season. Like that's cool, and I get that they're they're spinning out, they're spinning it out into a lot of different series too, mm-hmm. in Star Wars. So, I mean, I yeah, I like the Mandalorian. I like that kind of you know just following this bounty hunter, kind of doing different odd jobs and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I guess you know we're gonna gonna kind of get that with the book of Boba Fett, and we're gonna see bunch of other characters in their own shows too so mm-hmm. yeah i guess there's there's a lot coming for star wars yeah but, um, i mean i wonder they're gonna have to keep baby yoda in some in some capacity because that's just too too good a merchandise not to like i want to wonder how they're gonna explain the fact that like he went away with uh luke at the end of season two like right. how do you yeah. explain that and then you have what happens with Kylo Ren killing like all of them. Like, do you do you have a scene where Kylo Ren just cuts down Grogu? Like, oh god, you, no. the fan base would riot. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I think you have to maybe explain how you get them out of that situation. Like, I don't yeah. know. I wonder if they do like more like young Luke Skywalker, like just the adventures of him and, and Grogu. <laughs> Apparently it was like really expensive to, for them to do it, so I can't imagine they would keep it up. But also too, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people say like, "Oh, I want them to have have more Luke." I kind of feel like part of the reason why that was so cool was it was such a pleasant surprise, and I kind of feel like if you keep bringing them back, it kind of wears down on that like cool factor of seeing a young DH Luke Skywalker. So yeah, yeah, you can only capture that that kind of wow moment. yeah exactly like i kind of feel like after that you kind of just i don't know just kind of like what else what else what else is going on what else you got going right okay um and then book of boba fett will apparently feature the live action debut of cad bane who's this big badass bounty hunter uh he was in like clone wars he was pretty popular in that uh, he's yet to be in live action, but they've been bringing in some of those Clone Wars characters for live action. See, like Ahsoka and a few others. So I can totally see Cad Bane making an appearance. And I keep saying that I think book of, the book of Boba Fett will feature like a bunch of bounty hunters all coming after Boba Fett, maybe. So I could see like Cad Bane and Bosk and others coming for him. So yeah, I, I'd be down for that. For that? <laughs> yeah. Give me more Boba. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that's coming later this year still. So we'll see. 
Uh, Cruella uh, is now uh, free on Disney Plus for all subscribers. Uh, it was premier access, but they basically take took that off a little earlier than they were anticipating. So yeah, you've got Disney Plus, you can watch Cruella. I personally wasn't a big fan of the film, but yeah, so it's there for everyone. Uh, and then yeah, we got some delays. Uh, Venom: Let There Be Carnage is reportedly going to be getting a fourth delay now. Uh, it'll be moving to January 2022, taking Morbius's current release date. Oh, what? Boy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just I feel bad for Venom: Let There Be Carnage at this point. Like four delays. Holy shit! Like I get it, the pandemic, but still like. That's <sighs> like, like a significant number of months too. Yeah, pushing it next year, and then so they're gonna push Morbius back just that much further, I imagine. Yeah, if it's taking Morbius a spot. Yeah, I mean they might just put Morbius ahead like a month or two because I think they probably don't want to like push Mo- Morbius too far. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it just sucks. It's just, like, it's also so weird, like, I guess for me, like, yeah, I'm able to track these things, but I wonder, like, for the general movie-going audience, if, like, they're able to keep track of these things. Like, they're probably like, oh, can't wait for this movie to come out in September or October or whatever, and then it's like, oh, now it's coming out in January. Like, it's got to be pretty confusing for the general audience to keep track of, like, when this movie's actually coming out, but... It's not official yet. They they haven't announced it, but, yeah, all the point... Points are kind of saying, yeah, they're delaying this movie. So, okay, uh, we've got another rumor. This time, Gotham City Sirens is back in development at Warner Brothers. Uh, this is sort of a sequel to uh, Birds of Prey that was going to focus on uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman, uh, and kind of like their relationship and that all three of them basically like doing crimes together or whatever. Um, yeah, it was originally going to come out after the original suicide squad with David Ayer and then it got canned and then they were, they picked it back up and they were going to do another version after birds of prey that got canned and now they're looking at doing it again. Uh, but apparently they're, they're looking at, they're seriously looking to get it made now. Uh, I have my doubts, though. I mean, this is now the third time they've tried to get Gotham City Sirens up and running. I, I'm, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. Basically, um, would either of you be interested in seeing this project at all? I, I'd be very interested, and I, I think they should have done it kind of in the first place. Like, um, I think it's a really, like, I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of the comics you'll see like Harley teaming up with Ivy and Catwoman. Um, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I think I like the original idea where it was, uh, cause I think David Ayer had wanted this to be sort of the follow-up to the Suicide Squad, um, mm-hmm. or in his original one, uh, Suicide Squad without the duh. <laughs> uh, and yeah, but I, I, I know they kind of reworked that into the Birds of Prey, like having her team up with different female, um, you know, DC characters, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I like, yeah, her kind of like the, the female baddies, you know, <laughs> doing crime together and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's similar, I guess, if you've seen the, there's the animated Harley Quinn series too. 
Like they, mm. they kind of do that. Like it's her and Poison Ivy and Catwoman shows up a lot too. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a team I think audiences would be more familiar with too. And like people know those characters, I think more so than they do, you know, like Huntress or Black mm-hmm. Canary even. Um, yeah. But it depends, I guess, you know, how, on the script and the director, how they're going to, I mean, Margot Robbie has a well-established Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, and there's going to be a Catwoman in the Batman. So I, I assume this would be a different Catwoman then. Yeah, I'm um, assuming so as well. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see the kind of cast they get together and kind mm-hmm. of how they're going to base this. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Spark? What do you think? Yeah, I'm into it. I also, I mean, this, I kind of wish this would come out before Birds of Prey as kind of an intro to the group that focuses less on Harley and more on some other people that then could have been uh, introduced with, reintroduced with, with other brand new characters and uh, Birds of Prey. But whatever. Um, also interested, as you guys were discussing, the Catwoman, like who's going to play it. Uh, because we're already getting a, a brand new Catwoman and the Batman, but they have been pretty aggressive saying that that's not a part of, that it's a different uh, situation than mm-hmm. the rest of the movies, different universe, if you will. So I don't know. I'm interested. I, it would be super annoying to have two concurrently serving Catwomans, um, but what I'll see it. Probably regardless of what the trailer looks like, I'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, too, like, I think what they'll probably do is, if anything, make this movie to keep Margaret Robbie happy. I mean, obviously, she's, like, probably one of their big stars in the, in the universe. I mean, Harley Quinn shows up in so many of these movies. I imagine they'll make this movie, if anything, just to sort of appease her and keep her happy because... You know, if you, this is apparently a passion project of hers, so I could see that they would want to keep, they would want to make it, if anything, just to kind of keep her satisfied and happy and wanting to stick with Warner Brothers. They don't want to alienate her and get her, you know, looking at other studios to work with, so. I'm, I'm happy to hear it's something that she's been wanting to make for a while. Um, yeah. And I, I wonder, too, because they might even, because in the comics and the animated series, they Harley and Ivy do have, like, a relationship there as well. So I, I'd be wondering if that's territory that they would they would touch on in the film. Which well, like, pretty, I think you could definitely do that because, I mean, look at all, what her relationships have been like in the last couple movies, right? Like, yeah. you know, I think they're setting her up to have maybe, like, she'd be open to that more so than she would have been before. Because, you know, like, even looking at, like, what happened in the Suicide Squad with that general and everything, like, I could totally see her being open to the stuff like that, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. We got our first look at Cowboy Bebop for Netflix. This is a live-action adaptation of the anime series. And uh, <laughs> not much to say. It really does look more or less like the anime. Uh are either of you big Cowboy Bebop fans? Never watched the show. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the original like anime series. Um, 
I yeah, I really it's been a, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but I I love that series. Nice. Um, you know, I'm always a little skeptical of live action adaptations of anime. Like, uh, you know, like I know they did it with Full Metal Alchemist, and wasn't that great. And they did it with, uh, I believe they did a live action Attack on Titan. As yeah. Well, where they are, and it just, you know, it doesn't they never quite live up to the anime series. So, uh, and, and the yeah. same with the uh, Netflix did the uh, the Death Note one, which <laughs> oh, that was very awful. different. Yeah, just really. Yeah, you know, so sometimes I worry, you know, when I see this new, I mean, the photos, you know, they look good and stuff, but, you know, part of me is like, leave well enough alone, you know, we had a good, we had a good anime, I don't really yeah. need to recreate that, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, I, uh, I've watched a little bit of the anime, and yeah, I mean, I think the problem with these anime adaptations is that the anime is so spectacular that it's really hard to, like, get that visual look in live action just because, like, in anime, you can do, like, some crazy stuff, and you can't really do that in live action. Like, yeah, nowadays yeah. you're probably closer to it, but it's still so far off in a lot of ways, so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then final bit of news this week, Cobra Kai has been renewed for season five ahead of season four coming out this December. So we, yes. <laughs> I wonder how much longer the show will go on for personally. I mean, I like the show, but I, I, I do want to, I do want it to have some sort of end in sight. So I'm kind of curious how much longer they'll have it go on for, but, uh, yeah, season five. Okay. I think it's always nice knowing that it's got a season ahead of it before you watch the new season, because at the very least, you're like, okay, we, there, there's something that we're working towards here. Yeah, yeah, you know, I guess now we know it's going to lead into another season, and I, I think I remember the writers had said they, they had a, enough ideas for six seasons in total, so that may okay. be where they, where they stop. But, uh, so maybe five Yeah, it seems like they're really going all in with this series, and... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm excited. I'm a big Cobra Kai fan, so. Now. For all its cheese and all. <laughs> what holiday will they have a, a fight themed around now? Will it be oh, Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day Brawl? <laughs> or did they do that already? I feel like they might have done that already. Yeah, I feel. I don't remember if it was Valentine's, but there was kind of like some date night brawl where they're both on date nights. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, there's going to be some big fight at the end of it. <laughs> well, I kind of like, I guess we'll figure, we'll know more about what season five is about by the end of four. Like at the end of three, we got a pretty good idea of what four was going to be about with, um, uh, what's his name? Kaiser, the, or the, the, the guy that was like the, the Vietnam vet. But, right. So. Yeah, it was like his friend back in the day. Yeah, like we have a we had a pretty clear idea of what four is going to be like, and I kind of hope at the end of four, like we kind of have a good idea of what five is going to be like. Although it's funny because they keep revisiting these old uh, movies and sh and whatnot. I kind of wonder if they're going to bring in Hillary Swank for season five. Like, you know, yeah, I feel like the show's big enough now that she would do it too. Like. <laughs> That's kind of the, the only other, you know, like person to bring back. Like, 
Well, it's, it's After, like... I mean, they got the guy with the ponytail for this coming season. And, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, like, you know, what else do you have left? I guess you could bring back, uh, what's his name, Jaden Smith for season six. Oh, no. <laughs> that was like after it after all the miyagi stuff you know it would be funny if he's like this is not my miyagi and they're like what the fuck are you talking about there's only one miyagi multiverse miyagis <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the episode title this week multiverse miyagis <laughs> oh my god multiverse karate kid universe <laughs> oh my gosh i mean they could they could pull it off i'm sure um, no, probably not, actually, now that I say that out loud. Okay, <laughs> let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and review some stuff. Back in a sec. Hey, everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content, such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. And we're back. Uh, as a friendly reminder, uh, we've got our movie commentaries. We've got one up for Escape from New York. And then... Uh, Adam and I are doing one for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Maybe Lee will join us as well uh, when he's done running drugs down in Mexico. Uh, you know, doing his thing. Uh, let's get on to the reviews. Uh, let's start with Candyman, which is probably the biggest release of the week. I'd probably say, probably like quality-wise, probably the best as well. Um... Spark, you've seen Candyman as well, right? Yes, sir. Uh, what do you think of Candyman? Uh, it was good, not great. Uh, I saw it with three other people that absolutely loved it and like haven't stopped talking about it. Um, so that's you know that's something. Um, I liked that uh, without getting too deep into spoilers. I liked that they took. Candyman from being like a straight up movie villain to almost an anti-hero of yes. sorts. That was a fun flip, but then they kind of replaced the the scary part of Candyman as the main villain, as just like white supremacy becomes the main villain. Mm. Um, and I thought that the execution of that was a bit forced and or ham-fisted. Um, but the the ending of that, it's it's I love the ending. It's been it's been a while since I've seen an ending that I was like, finally, you guys like gave us exactly what we wanted. It. And I, I won't go into exactly why, but they definitely paid service to the fans of um, of past movies. Yeah, I. It's interesting that like it's not a full blown reboot or remake. Like it does sort of take those other movies and works them into this one as well. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie as well. I think the ending was really well done. Uh, just in terms of just being like a really satisfying payoff, uh, I thought it worked pretty well. Uh, I, I also liked, to that 
the plot really does sort of seemingly have like a respect for what's come before it. Like by no means were they like trying to dismiss or anything. Like it really did kind of work everything in. Um, but yeah, you have sort of like this kind of racial injustice and sort of Candyman without getting into like spoilery details, but he's sort of like the vengeful fury of that racial injustice, sort of like the, the answer to that. And even near the end, like there are characters that are wanting to utilize that to a degree that I found was really interesting and like really kind of a poignant sort of tale of sort of where our sort of fury and like search for justice can take us. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me about this movie was the kills. They sucked. They were not good. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry but for a movie that's like a slasher movie because this really is like at its core a slasher movie. It's it's kills sucked. Uh, a lot of it was like behind the corner or like behind some sort of stall or something like that. Like you rarely have ever saw a kill with any sort of sense of like actually seeing what was going on, which really felt underwhelming to me. Um, there was like a few. There was like the intern. There was. There was a couples, but like some of the really cool moments I was expecting to see like a really cool kill and they were like, nah, we're just going to tease it, but not actually show it. And I was like, oh, and mind you, I've seen people online say like, oh, I'm not a fan of seeing like kills on screen. So this actually made the movie better for me. So I don't know, maybe some people might like it more, but I personally was just like, um, where's the kills in this slasher movie? I need more kills. So, yeah, that was my big disappointment about this movie. Um, but I think, like, story-wise, it's there. Performance-wise, it's there. Um, yeah, what do you think of first score? Um, I would go eight. Um, you know, eight, seven point seven five eight. Um, I will say about the kills thing, it, it, it did shock me how reserved comparative to what we're used to seeing these types of movies, like it, it was, it was almost. I, I was thinking to myself while I was watching this. I think this easily could have been a PG thirteen movie. Oh, 100 um, percent. Yeah. I, I, I just cut a cop like one or two things. It did feel like it was closer to a PG thirteen. I checked afterwards; it was rated R. But like the fact that I felt to check tells me that, like you know, if it was actually yeah. rated R, you would feel it was rated R. But never yeah. did I feel like it was like really R rated. Like I felt on like maybe the that the edgier side of pg-13 um yeah i don't know i i wonder if they'll ever come out with like an uncut version that shows more of those kills or something like that because i would genuinely be interested to see some of that like there's the seat at the high school and that was all like so stifled i didn't get to see anything of that and that was pretty disappointing um but yeah again i've seen some people online say that they prefer not to see the kills uh, even somebody who I saw it with said, like, I don't want to see too much violence in a movie about violence against African-Americans. And I'm like, well, I get that. But I also, like, it's a slasher movie. Like, you know, kind of like, yes. you kind of need that in, a, in these these types of movies. Like, that's why a lot of people show up for them. So I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10. I did really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Go check out Candyman. It's out in theaters. Um. And then, Spark, uh, you also watched Vacation Friends, which is out on Hulu yeah. now, Disney Plus, in some international markets. Um, what would you think of Vacation Friends? 
Um, it's. I mean, if if you if you've seen movies, you've already seen this movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're not. You're not. There's not like a single idea that if uh, if you if you're a, a little bit of a movie buff, you'll be able to go scene for scene how how things are going to work out. Um, so if that's important to you, I would avoid it. But if you're really just kind of looking for a, a, a dumb good time, uh, I don't. If like Mike and Dave need wedding dates, so Dave and I, like it's it's very similar to that. Different plot, but the kind of hijinks. It's it's similar to a lot of movies about weddings where someone doesn't really run their life by normal social cues, and somehow. It all works out, but I had fun watching it. But I could easily see someone hating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't hate this movie. I mean, by no means is this a movie that's going to be one I'm going to revisit probably anytime soon. But it was solid enough. Um, I mean, it is really formulaic. It's basically the Odd Couple, basically. Yeah. Like, when you when you really break it down, it's the Odd Couple. Uh, and I thought it worked relatively well. I mean, John Cena was pretty funny in it. Uh, same with, uh, little John Howry, I think his name is. Um, they, yeah, Lil Rel Howry. Uh, I, I mean, I thought their dynamic was great. Um, the girl who I thought was Kate Hudson from most of the movie. And then I found out later she's not. (laughs) I swear to God, the entire movie, I was like, wow, it's good to see Kate Hudson. And then the credits came, and then, like, I found out she's, like, Meredith Hagner or something. I'm like, oh, I, thought, I literally thought she was Kate Hudson throughout the entire movie. So, um, yeah, I thought this movie was fine. I mean, it's 90 minutes. It's short. It's sweet. It's funny. And, yeah, there's a few standout moments, like... I would say if you're a fan of like comedy movies, this is probably a one-time watch. Uh, yeah. I don't think most people are probably going to watch it more than that. Uh, I'm I'm thinking like a seven out of ten, and even then, that feels a little generous. Like at my core, I think it's really like more of a six out of ten. But I'll give it like an extra point just because I don't know. I thought it was fine. It's harmless enough. What are you thinking for a score? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's pretty harmless. I'd probably go like a five and a half, maybe, maybe, maybe a six, mildly above average. Yeah. Definitely not a strong suggestion. No. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where if you're really like hard pressed on what to watch, or maybe you're a huge John Cena fan or something, sure. But yeah, I can't see, I can't see this being like a high priority for most people to watch. Um, Cool. Uh, there's a new Hulu show slash Disney Plus and some international markets show coming called Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it stars Steve Martin and Martin Short as well as Selena Gomez. And basically, uh, somebody is murdered in their building. They start a true crime podcast to try to figure it out. Uh, I will say this. It's reliably funny. I mean, Steve Martin and Martin Short are both comedy legends. So... They were safely always going to be able to, um, you know, bring the laughs. Uh, Selena Gomez was surprisingly really funny as well. I mean, I was not really too much in doubt, but I was really pleasantly surprised at the level of energy she brought to the show. Um, yeah, it's it's 
well done. Uh, it's funny. It's an emotional show too. There's a few moments where I was like actually sympathizing with a lot of the characters and feeling for their plights. Um, yeah, I'd give it an eight out of ten. I thought it was really clever, really well uh, made. It's got a certain charm to it that I just, you know, I, I really enjoyed. So yeah, it's uh, coming to uh, Disney Plus and Hulu very soon here. Adam, you saw a movie called Flag Day. Tell us about Flag Day. Well, Flag Day, it was a movie based on a true story uh, starring Sean Penn and also had the sort of feature debut of Sean Penn's daughter, uh, Dylan Penn. Um, so that was interesting to see. Um, and they, they play each other's father and daughter in the film as well. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's, it's, it was a... You know, I'm happy to say it's uh, the first movie, I think, from Route 504 that gets a passing grade from me <laughs> that I've seen thus far. Um, you know, it, it was pretty well done. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it can be a bit hard to watch sometimes because there's a lot of, like, family drama and, like, some pretty... Uh, there's some stuff that pulls on your heartstrings, you know. And mm. She had a pretty hard, rough upbringing. Um in the movie, like the dad, Sean Penn, is a con man, and he's kind of in and out of jail, um, and she's kind of on the road a lot without uh, anywhere to stay. But it 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 does uh, it does a good job of showing the progression of kind of their relationship and of her. Uh, she she sort of breaks into the journalist industry, um, mm. gets into the university. Nice. Uh, of her sort of journey, yeah, but it was, uh, and it, it, I don't, the title Flag Day, it doesn't really have any relevance to, you know, the Flag Day in America, other than Flag Day happened to be her dad's birthday, um, and then there's, there's an, there's something that kind of happens on that day, too, at the end, which I won't spoil, but, Okay. well, I, I guess if you know the history of it, or, you know, then you know, but, mm. yeah. It's a, all in all, you know, decent film. Um, I think I'd give it six, six and a half out of ten. Um, it's okay. uh, one of those movies, you know, if you want to kind of hit you in the feels, um, it's it's well done. And, you know, uh, Sean Penn's daughter, I think, you know, she, she does have some legitimate acting chops there. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where she goes from here, too. Nice. Okay. Um... Next up, uh, we'll talk about He's All That, which Spark uh, illuminated me. This is a remake of a film uh, called She's All That, which now I'm really curious to watch because I've never seen it. But uh, He's All That, uh, oh, relatively harmless. <laughs> um, basic premise of the movie is that this girl who's this big influencer on like TikTok and all that uh, very publicly gets like well, she breaks up with her boyfriend, loses a bunch of followers, and her friends are like, you know what, uh, let's make a bet, like, find the, the biggest loser in the school and, like, kind of give him a uh, kind of makeover and, uh, you know, see if you can make him prom king. So they choose uh, Tanner Buchanan's uh, character, who you probably know him. He was in uh, Cobra Kai, uh, he plays the the Johnny's son in that show, and like I'm not saying that Tanner Buchanan's like you know unbelievable as an ugly duckling, but I'm like the 
dude looks like he's like he's he's not that bad looking. So when they try to like be like, oh yeah, he's really like the loser of the school. I'm like, I don't buy that for a second. Um, but uh, you know, over the course of the movie, they they you know she she kind of warms up to him and they eventually start uh, a bit of a relationship and then there's a little bit of drama along the way and you know uh, it was it was relatively harmless it by no means is anything exceptional i forgot most of this movie the next day afterwards so i i'm not gonna say this is gonna blow anyone's minds but it's it's harmless enough i'm gonna give it a six out of ten um yeah i mean if you're rom-com guy maybe but even then i think there's way better stuff out there than this so spark you said you're boycotting in this movie right yeah don't touch the classics you hobos (laughs) (laughs) all right uh katie why don't you tell us about clickbait what's that all about okay so clickbait is a netflix series um that talks about this man who was kidnapped, and then um, a video was posted on the internet and went viral, and then um, all the episodes are from different perspectives of people who are trying to figure out who did that, who did that, and then like what happened to him and why he was why he made that video. I honestly. I thought I would like it just because I really like watching, like, things related to crime and things like that. But it kind of went nowhere for me. Like, a lot of times I felt like the characters' reactions were either too over-the-top or just unrealistic. Um... And I like the way that they tried to break it up into the different, like, perspectives in the episodes, but I didn't, I wasn't, like, like the message they were trying to bring across didn't really hit for me, and I just, it was, it, it's a show that you, you can watch if you want to have something to focus on but it's not memorable so i'd give it a a six all right yeah cool all right and then wrapping up our reviews uh turning point 9-11 the war on terror around the war on terror uh yeah this is a documentary that kind of covers uh both the day of 9-11, but also the subsequent war on terror, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I mentioned this in our Slack, but like the first episode was very much like it felt a little one-sided and biased on the whole like American side of things. And I was a little put off by that, but I'm like, uh, like, okay, first episode in, I'll give it a little bit of more time to develop. And then over the course of the next few episodes, they did kind of get a little more critical and like showed a few different perspectives, which I liked. So, I will say that, like, yeah, the first episode, if you're watching it, like, you might feel like it's a little one-sided, but it does sort of expand over the course of the episodes. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought this was really well done. Uh, it does do a decent job of 
kind of giving you uh, a good perspective on the all, overall events and like what led up to it, what sort of happened afterwards. And I felt that I was actually learning quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I thought I knew enough about 9-11 and everything, but watching this documentary really gave a full like overview of everything. And man, you just really get the impression that George Bush was really just like wanting to go to war. Like it's really like they make it seem like the dude just really wanted to um, just, yeah, go to war with people. So uh, I'd give us, I'd give it a nine out of 10. I thought it was really well done. Uh, I also think it didn't overstay its welcome, which I think is really important for me with a documentary. Uh, a lot of these documentaries, they just, they uh, are really hard set on like just telling different stories and going in different directions. And then you kind of feel like it's just padding the runtime, but this, this felt concise. So I did like it for that. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and discuss uh, what ifs episode three, as well as our movie club for this week. High fidelity back in a sec. Hey spark. Have you listened to the newest album by smash mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of streaming What's streaming? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to HTTP? So you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? And we're back. Uh, as a friendly reminder, we have our monthly mailbag show, which we took a break last month, but we got enough, so we'll bring you one soon. We're working on that. I'm working on that. Uh, let's talk about Marvel's What If Episode 3, also known as Let's Kill Off All the Avengers, uh, which I think for me, like this is probably my favorite of the three just because... This is one of the few episodes where it took, takes this idea of what if and really does something wild with it. Like, this really took the idea of let's tell these deviations on stories. And you just got that on the probably the biggest, like, sort of, I guess, scope yet. Um, yeah. Uh, 
what uh, you've all seen it. Uh, Spark, let's start with you. What did you think of uh, episode three? I liked it. Um, I, I I always have my my eye out for uh, like so and so kills the Marvel universe. Like I always think those are like because we see these guys somewhat as untouchable with like plot armor, as they say, and then now all of a sudden it's like no, anybody can and will get it. Yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I liked it. I, I, I'll let everybody else dive a bit, a bit deeper. Nice. Katie, what did you think of episode three? I I liked it to an extent. It's just... Uh, I get that they were playing with the idea of, oh, what if, like, all the Avengers died? And then, at the end, he, like, went to... Captain America, and then one was it the what? What was her name? Like Captain, the lady, Captain Marvel. With the yes, and then they showed up. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they're gonna fill the void of what even just left. But I because maybe it's because I didn't follow the universe that closely. I. I was confused about, like, who who Hope was for a second. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, the father. What Was he a major part of, like, the Marvel Universe, like, the father? Uh, yeah, he he's the original Ant-Man, but uh, in the comics, he does take on the... Uh, pseudonym of Yellow Jacket, but in the movies they had a different character play Yellow Jacket. So this was kind of like a little more comics accurate in that uh, the original Ant Man was Yellow Jacket, and in that one too, like he gets to be pretty despicable. Uh, I won't get into uh, some of the really like sexist, misogynistic things he does, but uh, or well, I mean not even just that, but like full blown abuse towards women, but. Uh, they they kind of they took it in that general direction without taking it as far as they do in the comics. So, well, then I wish they <laughs> took it there more. I would have liked to see more of that guy before he got arrested. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, yeah, I I I think too. Like I think the reveal that it was Hank Pym. Yellow Jacket, I thought was a pretty cool reveal. Uh, and again, it kind of plays more into it being more comics accurate. I mean, in the movies, he's pretty likable for the most part. He's got some character flaws, but whatever. Uh, but in this, like, I, I liked how, like, disheveled he looked. Like, he looked like he was really just ready to kill anybody. Uh, I, I dug that. But yeah. Adam, what'd you think of What If? Episode 3. Yeah, I thought this was a really strong episode, and I think it's my favorite uh, like premise or concept so far in the series. Because mm. um, I, yeah, I liked. It's like okay, now it's, it's like, what if the Avengers have died or like they're failing, you know? And like I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, and I was, you know, I because I really had no idea who it was that was picking off the Avengers the whole time, so that really kept me hooked uh, to find out. And it, it was an interesting twist to have it be. Kind of like a very uh, 
you know, vengeful Hank Pym. Um, just, it, it, so I, you kind of understand his motivation too. And it's funny how they show, like, with his powers, like, how he could just kind of, you know, yeah, all he has to do is just, I guess, get into the bloodstream of any person and he can, like, he can just kill them. Yeah. Just shrink in size like that. He's like, yeah, it is, you know, if it turned bad, like, that is a pretty deadly power. Um, mm. Yeah, my my one thing though is is the whole kind of message of it, or or he's like, well, the Avengers in, initiative was it was never about the Avengers. It's about this idea that anyone could kind of step up and be a hero. Or, but I'm like, you know, this it's kind of easy to say when you still have you know like a super soldier encased in ice and like you know the super powered alien just that like you know on call on a pager. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, like, what if they were also dead, you know? Like, what if what if all the Avengers were just taken out? Like, then what, you know? Yeah. But they didn't really go the full way, but, you know, it was uh, still interesting to see. I guess the founding members, you know, get kind of knocked out nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did, like, I don't know, there were certain points where when you re they revealed, like, how Hank Pym was taking out the Avengers that I thought was pretty cool. Like, especially the Hulk one, the Hulk one was just like mildly yeah. comical, but also dark as fuck when he's just <laughs> inflates yeah. and blows up. I was like, Oh, what the fuck? Uh, Lee, you joined us here. Uh, yes. I'm glad to see your drug smuggling ring in Mexico was successful. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think of what if episode three? Um, I was going to say, I think this is, probably like to me the most the in the spirit uh, of what what if should be um yeah. so far um because i mean this is just a radical departure i guess from from the movies the comics or whatever you know this idea of like hey yeah like i said everyone's dying um and it's hank pym all along uh, yeah I, I, thought, I thought that was actually pretty cool uh at first i mean when they said hope i was like oh it's it's hope uh him or whatever her name is i was like maybe she's gone rogue and then it turned out to be her dad i'm like oh that's cool mm -hmm. um and also the idea that that you know with these heroes dead that does have repercussions you know you have loki coming down um who you know they, they kind of proved was somewhat easy to stop but without anybody you can actually roll over people pretty good yeah so i i appreciate that um but yeah I, overall i mean everyone kind of said a lot of the thoughts that i had as well um you know, it's it's one of the better episodes, I think. Nice. Although it does kind of show that, yeah, it's like he had Captain Marvel on, you know, pager this whole time. It's like, you know, maybe you should have called her earlier. Yeah, would have probably been helpful. But other than that, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I I do, I, I was kind of reminded too of the uh, the whole meme of of why didn't Ant Man just just go up Thanos' butt and kill him. Um, <laughs> I did want uh, that as like a little like just insert shot, just like <laughs> just him going towards the butt. That's it. That's all you see. You know enough. Um, but but I think we now know that yeah, he he would have wrecked Thanos had he done that. Yeah, that <laughs> would have got destroyed. Uh, um, all right, but yeah, what's everyone thinking for a score? Um, I go seven. Okay. Seven and a half, maybe. Okay. Katie, what do you think of first score? 
Um, originally I sent you 6.5, but mm-hmm. I think I watched it again, and then now I'm thinking like a, a 7. Okay, nice. Adam, how about yourself? Uh, I give this one an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What about you, Lee? What do you think of first score? Uh, I'll go slightly higher, probably like an eight. Uh, I, I like this episode quite a bit. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. I thought like this is yeah, as Lee mentioned, like in the spirit of what if should be, and probably the best representation of it thus far. I mean, we'll have more episodes, so time will tell how they capitalize on it. But I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, and it, I don't know, part of like the horror movie fan of me was like enjoyed seeing crazy shit like the Hulk blowing up. I was like, this is probably as fucked up as the MCU is gonna get. So. I'm here for it. Okay. Um, let's get to our movie club this week. High Fidelity. Um, yeah. Spark, you chose this movie. I'm guessing this is a personal yes. favorite of yours. Uh, Gloria Amber was, yes. Nice. N- maybe not so much now. Or you, got, you got some like revisionist eyes and you're like, ooh. Well, yeah, this is similar to uh, 500 Days of Summer in that when I when I originally watched it, I, I was a lot more empathetic to the main character than I am now as an adult. Uh, yeah. So I, it was, that's partially why I picked the movie. I wanted to, to hear what 2021 had to say about its uh, premise and execution. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, I, I think... I'm surprised John Cusack's character didn't like end up in jail by the end of this movie. Like some of the stuff he does is like a little problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anybody else watch this movie for, for movie club? Yeah. This is actually my first time watching it. Nice. What'd you think? Um, it was, I have really mixed feelings on this movie. Like, I think it, overall it was good. Um, but John, uh, yeah, Cusack's character is just the worst. <laughs> um, at least with like 500 Days of Summer, maybe it's, I, mean, I think it maybe it's a generational thing. Because with mm. 500 Days of Summer, I can somewhat relate to uh, the main character. Because I've been in that spot before of like, you know, you're a young man and you're like overthinking relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. With him though, like, I don't know if it's just because he has sex in the brain all the time, but like just this lack of awareness of like the damage that he's doing to like these women. Mm. Um, at least like through most of the movie, at least I'm like, dude, what, I'm like, what are you doing right now? Um, it felt like he was being exceptionally shitty to them. Like, yeah. And, and I think, like I said, maybe, maybe it's just a, a generational, like a gen X thing of this, like I'm apathetic. I'm too cool for school kind of attitude. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe that's like why I didn't connect as well. Um, but overall, I, I think it's still a pretty good movie. Um, a lot of just famous people, uh, before they were famous, I think. Yeah. Um, like when Jack Black showed up, I was kind of like, really? <laughs> like, I did not expect that at all. No. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I, I liked it though. Nice. Um, yeah, I I enjoy. I here's the thing. I think the movie is well done. I think if you took out John Cusack's character, this would probably be a better film. 
but like in terms of like yeah straw or shots and like general plot and all that like it's a really well-made film it's just i did not like john cusack's character in fact like i i thought to myself like this guy is just so insufferable and just cruel towards women in a way that it was just like uh i could see how it would maybe be cute and charming to some but i think for me watching it was just like you're just insufferable like i can't stand you um katie did you watch the movie I didn't manage to get around to it. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, I, I, I was going to say with with Spark, I, I think, uh, you said you saw this when you were younger, right? Like how yeah. did like how, how did it change? Like your opinion change? Like watching it from when you were younger to like watching it now, I guess. Yeah, the, the biggest thing to me is uh, the girl that he actually dumped, and, and instead of dumping, uh, instead of him being dumped, but he remembered it as her breaking up. I mean, when I saw the 2000, I was in middle school or early, early high school. So, like mm. that idea of, of dealing uh, dealing with maybe that, and so of engaging with girls at that time, and there being a lot of highly varying uh, differentiations of like what they felt comfortable with, mm. um, as, as as far as being physical goes, and as an adult, it's you, know, you kind of have a much shorter list of the do's and don'ts. Um, I mean, we're looking at that and being like, yeah, she did break up with him, right? Like, she's she's not being, like, open. And then as an adult, like, immediately I watched that, and I go, you were very mean to her. Yeah. And I understand that you were frustrated. I've been there. Literally. Like, you got to open up your mouth. I mean, and the first time you open it shouldn't be, this is not worth it. Right? Like, that's just a very mean way. I mean, I, I guess we didn't see if they had had previous conversations, but just based on his character, I don't think they did. Yeah. Um, that was the pivotal point of me being like, oh, I feel differently about this movie. When I saw it as an adolescent. Um, I don't find his character insufferable. I just find him very immature and kind of like, woe is me. Like, everything is happening to me. I'm not uh, which is which makes his look back on introspection like not so much about like writing wrongs or having a better understanding of like who I am, but mostly like how do I avoid like bad things happening to me in that framing um, I didn't catch on to when I was younger. Mm. Gotcha. Interesting. I still think it's a great movie, just for different like you were saying, I think it's very well uh, well organized. It's not too long. The it's funny. The characters like are really allowed to play. I think mm. the 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 speed of the film is perfect, and there are a ton of like A list celebrities at the time that I mean Tim Robbins was very famous when that movie came out. But yeah. um, there are a lot of people in this that are like, oh, you 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 really went and did it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but this movie really distracted me when Drake Bell showed up. And yeah. I'm like, how does this dude always look like a fucking kid? Like, <laughs> I, I got so distracted by, like, like the dude's, like, I don't know, like, he's, like, pretty old. Like, he's, like, 35 or something. But, like, mm-hmm. he, he just constantly looks so young in all in, in all of his movies. And then also, too, he's got, like, some fucking, like, child endangerment clauses or whatever or something. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I was I got really distracted by Drake Bell, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. 
So, yeah. Awesome. What are we thinking for a score? <laughs> oh. Um. I'll probably, I'm just going to go with a solid seven. Okay. Um, I was, was kind of torn between a seven and an eight. Um, I don't think it rates as highly maybe for an eight for me, but like it's it's definitely a solid movie. Um, I was just I was looking at uh, a quick cast list really quick. I forgot. I was like, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones was in this as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, that actually, that I know we're trying to score it, but like that's actually another character or like his relationship with her that actually I found interesting though of this mm. idea of like you idolize this woman when you're younger, but then you get older and you're like. Oh, this person's terrible. Yeah. Um. Actually, I actually, I, I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> very yeah. real to life. Outside. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, seven out of ten for me. Nice. Where do you think it's Spark? Um. Yeah. For me, I, like just again, I, I do this often with my movie choices. Like, I'm gonna give it a nine, and that's like based purely, not purely. A lot of it's based on execution versus, um kind of the characters specifically, but also just the impact it had on me when I was younger versus now. Um, I will say that I, I did like him and Charlie's interaction because that's seemingly potentially two narcissists kind of like <laughs> forced to try and care about each other and you got to see <laughs> what that actually looks like a little mm. bit. So Yeah. But yeah, nine for me. This is one of my favorites um, and it still is. Okay, nice. Awesome. Uh, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I did really enjoy it. I did like that even though, like, the character is a little unlikable, I don't know if that's necessarily the point or if the movie seems self-aware of that, but I don't know. I mean, it it did seem really well done. Um, And I did like that, you know, a lot of times with these, like, romantic kind of comedy movies, a lot of times they kind of go for... The characters are likable, maybe with a few character flaws. And this one, it's like, there's a lot of character flaws. And I think that seemed a little more true to life. So, I don't know. I think that kind of bumped it up a little bit for me. It felt very realistic that these characters wouldn't always be super likable. So, mm. Cool. Uh, well, next week's movie club, we're going back to the early 2000s. Well, almost exactly 2000 in a small little town where everyone just needs a little bit of chocolate. That's right. We're talking chocolate next week. You oh, know what? We're, we're, we, we got a young Alfred Molina back in Spider-Man. So we're going to go and watch arguably one of the best Alfred Molina movies. Chocolate. I can hear your eyes rolling. What, what's up? We're still on that thunder here. <laughs> yeah. Le- Le- uh, are, you, are you not a fan of chocolate? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, no. I'm just. Oh, sorry, oh I, I'm just like, yeah. One, you're stealing, you're stealing Sparks Thunder, um, and two, I'm just kind of like, uh, like two, two rom coms in a row. There we go. You know what, Lee? It's not always about the romance. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta learn about the power of chocolate. Yeah. All right. Uh, where, where can people find this? Uh, it's on HBO Max in the U.S. and then it's on Netflix here in Canada. So cool. Yeah. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now. All right, done that.